Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Hello, fellow stock pickers and investors alike out there. This is Mike from Two Buds Talk Stocks. Nate and I just got done with an epic close to three-hour podcast, longest one we've ever had. Um, We're going to break it up in some chunks for you guys. Uh, We go through Nate's portfolio for his dividend-paying stocks he's going to be adding to throughout 2023. Um, Here's going to be part one for you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for the support. Feedback, we'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the pod. We are live. It's been a minute, but back by popular demand. How you doing tonight, Mike? Episode 51. Is that where we're at? 51 episodes? 51 episodes, and I'm pumped. Last uh, episode, we heard about what I was going to be adding to my portfolio in 2023, which, by the way, a lot of those stocks we talked about, which I want to talk about your portfolio, so make it quick. Old Dominion up 15%. Year to date, love that. You know, Costco up five percent year to date. And I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but this year so far has been awesome. It has been. Here, speaking of old D, here's one too that uh, I don't know if you still have a position in this, but I was looking uh, today. This jumped out at me. Um, FedEx quietly up uh, mm-hmm. close to 19% year to date too. Surprising me that it's still, um, it's up more than uh, old dominion. Well, they, they've just been, both of them have been on a huge tear. I like them both. I like that. I have my freight exposure to two totally different entities and, and companies, but I think I did enough rambling about my stocks. You've got your tooth that you kind of reallocated for 2023. Yeah. I want to go through and uh, Nick Pitt, is that no, uh, Nick? Pick, that, pick, it's uh, pick picking it, nitpicking it, sure. Nit. I think that's what they say. Uh, what's uh, Bill Simmons' uh, podcast? Uh, the pick one it apart. Does. I want to pick yeah. it apart. How about that? Good and bad. All right, so uh, give it to me. Give me each stock, and then I'll kind of give you some thoughts, or you tell me your thoughts on why you like it and your conviction on it. Yeah, so I've really basically. I've tried to really concentrate the portfolio to around um, 30 or so quality companies that uh, have uh, paid dividends. And uh, realistically, I I can't take credit for this. I heard this somewhere else, but the idea of dividend nights, uh, companies that have raised a dividend for 10 consecutive years have grown that dividend over uh, 10 10, uh, 10 years as well, each time they've raised it. And then also uh, just 10 years of positive cash flow. And we're just talking offline. Would you say no, no go, no cash flow? No. Look, here's my thing. No flow, no go. No go. And what I mean by that is if you don't have enough cash flow to pay off the majority of your debt, I really want no part of you. And it's okay if people have debt and it's okay if your cash flow can't pay off the debt you have kind of get it close, mm-hmm. right? We'll talk more about this later and we'll talk about some of your companies bring up. But if you've got 2 billion in cash flow and your debt's 3.9, I'm okay with that. You've got 
4 billion cash flow and your debt is $57 billion. I've got a problem with that. And I'm a hypocrite. We'll talk about that stock later, but uh, hit me with some of your, you want to talk sector and your, your favorite from each sector, by the way, I've taken a note from your book where I like to have the best of the best of each sector. And I, I just want to thank you for that. Cause that's some of the I best advice I've, I've ever really uh, gotten. And I just feel so great with my portfolio because of, you know, your expertise telling me, Hey, try to pick one or two of the best of the best from each sector. Hence mm -hmm. my old dominion FedEx three years ago, there's no way I would have owned those. And I thank you for that, but go ahead with your stuff. Well, this uh, ties into another thing I'll say here real quickly too. I, um, I was, uh, reading something too. And it was talking about, um, Warren Buffett's words of wisdom from, uh, from his annual letters. And, uh, he was saying about how, um, you know, if you know what you're doing, the idea that your portfolio should be far more concentrated, that if you have, say, 25 stocks, it's like, is your 25th idea really as good as your your number one idea? And if you know what you're doing, then you should just feel comfortable with uh, option number one and, and put money in that. But I started thinking, too, that this all falls under the uh, the spectrum of uh, personal finance. And a lot of this is is personal. And maybe option number one is better. And I could put far more concentration in that, but what's going to help me sleep at night is having still a more well-rounded portfolio of cash flowing companies that pay dividends and several different sectors and in, in industries. And to me, I'm willing to sacrifice some percentage pointages on the overall game. There's, there's no doubt that a more concentrated portfolio would probably do well over the long time, but I just feel more comfortable having in that ballpark of anywhere from, I think I said 30, but it's maybe closer to 40 stocks that, that, that pay dividends and really just concentrating on those. So no, and let's, we can go in alphabetical order here because that's how I have it. I'm going to interrupt but, you real quick too, before yeah. we begin. Today is the 9th of February. Kevin Durant was traded for- Did he go like, to Phoenix? Did he go to Phoenix? Went to Phoenix. Yeah. The, the one time the Nuggets have a good team, the best team in their history, and now all the good players are getting traded in the Western Conference. But Kevin Durant was traded for like five draft picks. Mm -hmm. And I would rather, it's kind of like your analogy. I'm trying to give you an analogy where I would rather have the five draft picks than the one you're putting all your eggs in that one basket. Yes, you might win a championship, but I'd rather have, have some diversification, have a big man, have a, uh, you know, a point guard, have whatever. And that's kind of how I've been, that philosophy well, with the stocks. I mean, I love that. I mean, you and I are big, uh, big fans of sports analogies too. And you said it best too with the uh, the the Cowboys of the '90s when uh, Jimmy Johnson traded uh, Herschel Walker for for all those draft picks. And you think about what those draft picks became. It was the entire offensive line that protected Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman for the better part of a decade too. And a lot of them late rounders. So uh, that goes into the same idea. I mean, strength in numbers too, balance everything else. So uh, go ahead. Apple is, is uh, there's always a room in, in, in my portfolio at this point. I think it's just been paying the uh, increasing dividend for 10 years. So build around that tear this year, 10% uh, year to date. I mean, it just, as we say, it, it mints money between the iPhone, between the software and the services and computers, headphones, everything in between. But I'm always amazed with just how um, software and services becomes a larger and larger part of the uh, the money they're bringing in. And the margins on that are, are, are so much higher than than hardware. And that's to say that even, even their hardware still has great margins too compared to a lot of other companies that, that build things. 
I saw my, when I was looking at uh, the stock that I'm going to trash later today that I own, I stumbled upon uh, my Apple holding mm-hmm. and uh, I'm up 496% since the, since the first time I bought Apple. It's one of those ones too. It just sneaky good. You just look at it over, over a period of a few years. And if you're reinvesting the, uh, the dividends, that cost basis just keeps getting lower and lower. And it just, the returns, like you said, that's pretty amazing too. Close to 500% in a matter of years. And here's what I wanted to kind of add their cash flow, no flow, no go, right? 97 billion, right? You go to their total debt, their, their net debt, 96 billion. They got mm-hmm. enough cash to pay off all of their debt if they wanted to. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what, what that's out of one. Is that out of just uh, one one quarter or is that out of the last 12 months, trailing 12 months? That's just the uh, actually September 2022 from from. So that's what the end of the uh, I get yeah, confused third. third quarter. Some companies their fiscal quarter starts in October, but that's the end of the, the third quarter. Correct. I mean, that is a pretty good hack if you look at the balance sheet and see what they're bringing in. And even if you're looking at the course of the trailing 12 months or whatever it is, if a company has enough in over the course of the last 12 months that they could pay off all their debt, their long-term debt, if they wanted, that seems to me a pretty strong indicator that they're in good shape. Well, and, and before we start, keep going on your stocks here too, is that this is just simple math. I'm just going, any, any website has is cash flow, free cash flow. That's just the money they have in the bank. So if you have $10,000 in your Wells Fargo checking account, and then your debt is $11,000, you pretty much have enough money to mm-hmm. pay off your debt. So keep going. Yeah. Sorry, just trying to get a little basic math for the listeners. So I've talked, about this, we've talked about this one before, um, American Tower. It's a, uh, it's a real estate play. They, uh, they own and lease cell phone towers to all the big players. I mean, Verizon, T-Mobile, and others. Uh, it's called American Tower, but they have an international presence. And this is just one of those ones... Uh, always trying to think of the Wayne Gretzky model of, of where's the puck going to be. I think we're going to use cell phones more and more over the course of our future. And it's pretty well saturated here in the U S but the rest of the world, I think will, as they start having more burgeoning middle classes and, and, and wealth coming their way, people will buy more cell phones. Hence the more need for uh, cell phone towers. And it's pretty basic once that tower is up. I mean, those things last 20, 30 years. So there's very minimal upkeep on it. So that's why it trades like a, a real estate investment trust. So they pay out the majority of their, their earnings back to shareholders in the form of dividends. And it's something like 55 consecutive quarters that they've raised the dividend. So not only year over year, but they're a company that this is awesome too, that they're just raising the dividend every single dividend payment, which is impressive to me as well. You put this... The realty, what is that? Realty symbol O? Um, I have that in the portfolio. That's so a different one. American Tower, where would you put this? What what type of uh, industry are you putting this in? So I would put this in real estate just because it is ca- uh, categorized as a trust, but I would still okay. think of it. It's very much, you could think of it a play on communication since it is cell phone towers, but also okay. technology as well too. I mean, cell phones, I think there's a, a lot of overlap. So I think if it's a lot of... Uh, it can fit in a lot of categories. Okay. All right. What you got next? So doubling up on this, it's in the same space. It's just their uh, their their number one competitor, Crown Castle International, does the same mm-hmm. thing, but they focus just on the domestic. We we're talking about this last time. 
whether it's Coke Huge or Pepsi, MasterCard or Visa or, or Home Depot or Lowe's, this is one where I feel that there might not be any one true winner in this space. So uh, with the advent of fractional shares, it's very easy to just put a little bit in both of them. Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, the dividends double, but I like your point. It's just like my Visa MasterCard kind of mm -hmm. just buy them both. All right, I like it. This one, I feel like you're not a fan of, but I still think there's a place in a well-rounded portfolio. It still generates tons of free cash flow and has consistently raised the dividend. And I still think they are the main uh, player in providing the actual internet. Forget about their theme parks, their movie studios, uh, Comcast. It's still, I mean, yep. a lot of people use Comcast for the internet itself. So I think there's always going to be a place for that. It really I has think I, I've kind of changed my mind a little bit on it. And to me, Comcast is kind of like the Cisco of tech, mm -hmm. you know, um, tons, that's a good analogy actually, you know, and, and I, I think it depends if you're looking for a home run, I don't think Comcast is going to be there. Just like, it's not going to be the same for Cisco, but I do think it's a well-run company. And I'll tell you this much. I would rather own Costco than Di or Costco. Um, I'd rather own Comcast than Disney. Mm, yes i'll tell you they are that. in the same space where they also just more diversification they have a, a better balance sheet i think even even with uh what's Iger back i still think they have a better ceo and their dividend they're i don't know you probably know better than me they've probably what 25 years so i don't know how long it's been for sure they've raised the dividend i think they're at something like 13 or 14 years yep. of consecutive raises and again all these on this list have a minimum of, of 10 years where they've raised that dividend year over year. And um, I mean, same way we say mid caps of today are the large caps of tomorrow. I mean, the, the dividend achievers of today will eventually be the uh, dividend aristocrats. If I mean, I, I've, I've kind of changed my philosophy where I'd rather have a Comcast over a, like I said, I think it's, it's the Cisco, which is not a bad thing because I own Cisco mm -hmm. and I love Cisco. To me, it's the Cisco of communications and or streaming, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to lose 75% in a quarter. I mean, I, I like that analogy a lot. Now, I mean, they have a ton of debt on their balance sheet too. I mean, this is part of just being in the communication industry that you're constantly always building yep. out the network and upgrading it. But still, there's so much cash flow that they they generate. And things like... Um, um, when you think about what cell phone plans are, or even what uh, cable TV plans are, or internet plans, they produce so much cash flow because that's something that your 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 customers are are paying on a monthly monthly basis. It's not like some big industrial company that makes something where you have to your contracts are three five years out in the future, or you have this cycle where everything ramps up. It's just so consistent that people like you and I are paying for our internet or our, our cable package. So even though they have a lot of debt, they still have so much cash flow that they can manage that balance sheet very well. They do. I mean, they've got tons of debt, but um, I, for some reason, and people could call me a hypocrite. I mean, people already do, but there's a different kind of vibe. I, I feel with Comcast than comparing to some of their peers like a Disney. So, all right, I'll, I'll give, I got like it. Let's keep going. Two Costco. percent uh, dividend too, by the way, go ahead. Costco. Yeah. Costco. I mean, I, I don't know. I just love Costco. They are business there too, that just their, their margins are almost razor thin. The majority of their money comes in from that membership model. But I mean, I don't know if you have a Costco membership. Um, I do. I don't go as much, but Costco is just kind of a, a, a fun experience too. I've never just, I don't get super psyched to go there too. But when I get to a Costco, there's always something that just catches my attention, whether it's somebody that just has some food samples or they have a new thing. It's just 
a very well-run company. And we've gone over this. Yeah, we've gone over the story with the hot dogs. I think the remote, I don't think Sam's Club is the same. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Costco is a verb. Let's go to Costco. They're not saying, hey, why don't we go to a store that has some bulk items for sale at a great reasonable price? I love Costco. I'm, I'm a big consumer discretionary guy to begin with, but I'd put Costco up there with Home Depot. Yeah, and- I was almost in the staple space too, because so yep. much of what they sell is groceries. And I consider groceries more of a, a staple than, than discretionary. Now, granted, they have so much discretionary stuff you can buy there too, but just as many people are going there to buy their, their regular groceries. We so talked about I'm- what the number one the part of their business is actually, what they sell the, the most of. Have we done this? I just know the one of the, they take a loss on the chicken mm-hmm. and they put the chicken in the back. So you have to walk through the store to get it. Here's mm-hmm. what I don't get with Costco. And this is not Costco's fault. The guy that's leaving Costco with like muffins and like a Tito's 1.75. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you doing? You, you came all the way here for those two items. You knew the um, COVID was over when the samples came out. Yeah, that's right. right. The setup. You Let me ask you buy, sell, and hold. Yeah, go for it. Target, Costco, Kroger. I'm buying Costco. I'm holding Target, and I'm selling Kroger. I do the exact same thing at at, one hundred percent, and I own Target, and I at Costco is one of my core positions. I added to and look. This is one of these things too, me personally speaking, people can say, you missed the boat. It was December of 2018. Stock was trading at $203 a share. What are you doing to add into your portfolio right now? You missed it. It's too late. I just look at Walmart from, mm-hmm. from the 90s to when it replaced Woolworth to where it is today. And I think Costco has the way to get there as well too. Uh, what do you think their market cap is, Costco? It's... In the it's it's below two hundred, isn't it? High high one hundred. Okay, it's close. But yeah, compared to something like a Walmart, it's I mean Walmart's way bigger, right? But, but it's like you know I think it's recession proof too. Well, th- not only that too, but um, there's a couple of things, a couple more things on Costco. We could probably just make an episode just on on Costco alone. I got plenty of time today. To lay it on me. It is um. It always looks like if, if you're a um, if you're a metrics type person and you're looking at valuation based on things like uh, PE, it always looks expensive. It trades at a very high premium. But I think this speaks to one of the things I've also tried to do over the years is not be scared away by things that look overpriced or over overvalued. To me, that's also starting to become a more bullish sign. There's a reason why it trades at a premium multiple like that is because it continues to put out results. I mean, it generates cash flow, it grows its earnings. It doesn't buy back any of its shares, but the fact that it's still distributing cash and it pays special dividends every now and then, there's a reason reason why it's just so well run. And then the last thing too is that you, know, you and I, I don't think make any of our stock purchases based on what other people say or think, but I do put this in a, a column as uh is a good bullet point is that uh, Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger, in his personal portfolio, Costco is one of his biggest uh, positions. And I've read some of his analysis on it too. And he said something I thought was very interesting too, that saying that, you know, look at how much Costco has done and it is still a physical presence. 
I mean, 99% of their business is you go to the store, you go there on a Saturday where it's just crowded and doing that, that they ever really want to look into um, really expanding their online presence, they could really even grow too. And I think it's interesting. I don't think that they would immediately um, grow their market share to something like uh, Amazon and e-commerce, but it was enlightening to think about that too. It's like, yeah, I mean, if they wanted to, there's probably a lot of stuff too that they could ship uh, online to the customer and they haven't really focused on their uh, their e-commerce business. But that's what I kind of like is as much as I love Amazon, sometimes when it's, you know, buying Roomba or they're kind of too diversified, Costco just sticks to the basics, doesn't complicate things. And I kind of, I kind of like that about them. I yeah. like it that they're not like Home Depot sticks to being Home Depot. Costco sticks, sticks to being uh, Costco. Amazon doesn't do that. And sometimes you wonder if they make a couple bad decisions and next thing you know, they've lost $5 billion. You know, Meta is <laughs> oh, a good I mean, example when Meta is like, all right, we want to do uh, VR and they lost $10 billion in a quarter. It's like, you don't have that with Costco. Yeah. I mean, stick in your lane and know what you're good at. I mean, it's a great point too. I mean, Costco really has done that too. And I mean, we filled the story, but it's still amazing that that hot dog and Coke or whatever has been a dollar 50 for the better part of, uh, 30, 30 plus years. When did you buy Costco? Um, so I first bought it in 2015. I had a good run up nice. and I, ha I had a really good run up and I, I sold, um, I sold out of it a uh, nice little profit. And then this is one of the first times when I really started getting serious about individual stocks. And then I realized that when you take a profit, you have to, you're going to put it in something else. You want it to be a better, better option than what you had it in previously. And Still did well with it, but over time, Costco just kept coming up on my radar. Different screens, just quality companies, and uh, I don't know why I ever sold it. But this is one of the things that we've talked about: that trying to just uh, learn from our mistakes. And as you said, it just has always looked expensive, and I was just like, "Well, nope, I'm just going to buy back into it." And not only that, I'm going to continue adding. So uh, it was the first time, 2015, maybe sold in 2017, 2018, and then I think I bought back in in 20. 20 sometime before the pandemic, maybe the end of 2019. And that's hard to do. I mean, it's, I, I, and I've done that and I've had a 10 bagger because of doing that. Mm -hmm. So man, Europe must be huge. Boy, by the way, if you look at their chart, I mean, that's just their max charts. One of those just things of beauty, but I mean, it's you're like talking up from the left to the right. I mean, it is, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's great. I mean, you're probably, that's awesome. I love that one. I would say so far, I like Apple and Comcast Doing great. All right. Keep going. Well, I want to do mine alphabetically, but we'll say that for six months down the line. Keep going. All right. Uh, Equinox. I think we've talked yeah. about this one maybe a few times. It's uh, it's another uh, real estate play in the sense that it is categorized as a real estate investment trust. EQIX, it's a uh, data data storage center. This is, again, right back to the same idea of, of, of where are we going? Um, this is actually, if you think about this, this is very very relevant now because uh, with the news of things like um, ChatGPT and uh, Microsoft, the Azure Cloud uh, hosting all the uh, the servers and the software, this is basically Equinox's wheelhouse. I mean, there's plenty of businesses out there that don't have the resources of, say, somebody like uh, Microsoft or Google to store all their servers, have their own data centers. So it makes it very easy. They just build a big data center and then small businesses, medium-sized businesses, or even large, just outsource all their services to these, these co-location centers. So 
um, they just are able to um, use uh, use their capital very well and uh, and reinvest and keep adding uh, locations. And uh, just, I think that the more we go, the, the cloud internet, it's just going to be synonymous. There's only going to be more and more computers connected in this world. You're going to have to have more places to store those servers. And I think Equinox is the beneficiary of that. Do you, um, as you put that in tech? Again, I would, I just, you could put it in communications, right? We're talking yep. information. We're talking technology with servers. I mean, it all ties together. All those servers, they have GPUs like uh, NVIDIA chips or uh, Texas Instrument chips. I mean, these computers use Windows. So all this stuff is, if you look at it, you could just say it's all a bunch of the same stuff, but still it's, it's different, different industries within the same sector. So technically it's real estate, but I would consider it technology. I consider it communications. Okay. I like it. Next is Ford, right? <laughs> um, I was going to say Ford, it's better than GM, right? I mean, and uh, I, 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 just real quick on Ford, just cause you're talking alphabetically. I mean, this thing, hasn't broke. I don't think it will ever break 20 in my entire lifetime. Right. I mean, talk about a slow roller here. I mean, this thing's trading back at $13 a share. I, I was going to okay. say 12. I don't look at it, but it seems like it's always at 12. I now, mean, I, I, I take it back in 98. It was at 32. I wasn't trading at that point. So that doesn't count, but good God, what a dog with fleas. I, I want nothing to do with automobiles. That includes EVs. All right. Enough of that. I agree. Uh, I put it, I'm starting to put, um, I mean, I would put cars in the same category as, um, as airlines. airlines. Yeah. It's just indispensable to, to our country, to but it's just, they're not good businesses. It's just, they never have like, been and they never will be. Yeah. Again, you could just, uh, we could steal Buffett show. How do you become a millionaire? Start as a billionaire and invest in Ford or GM <laughs> or whatever. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Good God. All right. What do you got next after F? So I'm going to still, let's see if I can guess. So F mm -hmm. G Google. Google is in there. It's, it's, well, I should say it's not because it's not paying a dividend. I still own Google in the portfolio, but I haven't been added. This is basically just okay. a portfolio of dividend companies. Do I not tell me GE. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm actually, what the hell the name of the book is that I'm reading. It's um it's on the history of uh, GE. It's actually really interesting. That. It's actually really good. It's um, you know, Jack Welch is looked at as this revolutionary um CEO, um, but he's actually not a good dude. Listening to these stories about him, but then also he pretty much started. It's called Power Failure: The uh, Rise and Fall of an American Icon by uh, William D. Cohen. It's uh yeah, it's all about GE, but the stuff they talk about Jack Welch. He's just not a good dude, but basically all their financial stuff, all, all starts with him. The shape that um, the GN is in now, you can, you can just look straight back to uh, Jack Welch taking this over and basically cutting costs at uh, every single point and probably really skirting a lot of the, uh, the financial regulations to, for GE to make their, their numbers every single quarter. And then interesting enough, when he took over the uh, GE capital business, their financing leg was nothing. It was almost virtually zilch. But what he quickly realized is 
if we get this financing arm, we get all this, all this money, we can use the money from financing to leverage our balance sheet and make all these other bets on airplane engines and plastics and everything. And well, it worked for a long time until it didn't work. And you look at the shape that they're in now and they have all these different businesses. The capital unit was spun off and everything else and how many CEOs they've gone through. But his book really paints a picture that it all started with uh, with Jack Welch. He started in what, 1984? So he's, he started with the company long before that. that. Right? 80, 81 is when he took over as CEO. So all through okay. the 70s, he was an executive, but his run was from 81 to, to 2001. And that's right. that period. That saying is just like no no money manager is going to go broke investing in uh, putting money in GE. But yeah, look at that now. I mean, we, we've talked about in the pod many times and when people say things like uh, Apple will always be around. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at GE. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just, I'll just put it in, uh, you know, Costco will always be around. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I was an, I was an owner of GE. That's why you have to keep on track with this stuff. Do your research, you know, listen to the, the occasional conference call here, mm-hmm. here and there, kind of see what the stock's been doing, kind of stay, keep your pulse on it. That's all I'm saying, because you can get burned. Like so many people have gotten burned with GE, including myself. Yeah. GE. I mean, IBM. That was the darling of tech for I don't know how many years. We did Intel. way back. Intel. Way back in the day. Remember we're talking about Goodyear tires? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like the soul maker of tires. So yeah, things change. And this is what's so interesting. Some of these plays too are, are getting that idea of, of what's going to be the future because in 20 years time, I don't think that um, Apple is going to be the biggest company in the world. I can't say what it's going to be. But if you gave me the option to bet on Apple or the field of what's going to be bigger, bigger in 20 years, I would take the field. There's there's something else. And it probably well, already like exists Intel today. Too. You could use that logic, you know, in 94, 95. Well, everyone needs computers. Mm-hmm. And AMD is a better chip company than Intel. They surpassed them, you know, in the last couple of years, surpassed. I mean, and they do, they make basically the same type of chips, but yeah, it's a much better, it's a much better run company than, than Intel. I agree. So, uh, this is a, um, this is literally a nuts and bolts company, uh, Fastnell, F-A-S-T. This is is what they do. They make all sorts of, uh, industrial equipment and, um, look, it's, it's, it's boring, but you and I've talked, I've lived, I mean, sometimes the boringest companies are, are the best ones. And this company has raised their dividend. It's, it's a dividend aristocrat. It's like 25 plus years it's raised it, but it's also just a good barometer for, for the economy, uh, economy as a whole. I mean, we build all sorts of machinery in this company, uh, country and all the other stuff. And there's just all sorts of fastening uh, bolts and nuts that, that hold everything together. And that's what this company does. Again, just very well run. I just always wonder why like a Home Depot doesn't own this company, right? Because it seems like, yeah, they basically, them, you know probably, what I'm saying? They um, probably sell a bunch of their stuff. In fact, I know they do. I feel like I've looked at this where I've gone to get a wing nut or something and I look who makes it and I was like, oh, wow, look at that fast now. All yeah, right. it's kind of right like a uh, ball when you look on every can, it has ball on it. Yeah. Again, company. it's still the favorite game to play when I'm out with the kids or whatever, just pass by something. They're like, look, we own that company right there, part owner of that company. Such a good feeling. Anyways, next on the list, um, FedEx. This is, um, I put this in the, um, almost in the same category as um, Compact, uh, Comcast. It's not lighting the world on fire, and I don't think it will over the course of the next um, 
10 plus years, but here's what it is. It is one of the 50 largest companies in the world or most recognizable brands. I mean, freight and logistics. I still think that more and more of our spend is going to be through e-commerce. And I think there will be a play for, for FedEx in that. And I just, I, the one thing I don't like on them is we talked about this. I don't like how choppy their dividend is. I don't like that they yep. have this huge raise when times are good. 50%. I yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. That's, and I think it, they don't have, they're, they're in a little bit of, of, of turmoil. Like if mm -hmm. I had to rank my stocks and my, my conviction with them, this would probably be at the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. I'm still holding it. I still a profit on it. It was hammered pretty hard this year. I mean, we're talking 52 or 52 week range. We're at 248 down to 141. I was buying it at 142, mm -hmm. but I was also buying it at 212. You know, you can't time the market. The only person that could time the market is a liar. But um, I do think there's something that I think in 36, 52 months, we might look back and be like, man, I'm glad I own FedEx. I mean, yeah. A little I mean, tough they, right now. They had a really hard time of um, with the uh, with the pandemic. It really put a lot of stress on their on the business, not just uh, employee-wise, but supply chain issues too. But I still think long-term, there's going to be a need to get freight to and from places, uh, the logistics involved in that. And FedEx is still probably well positioned in that. I mean, as somebody like Kramer would say, it's probably best to breed in that space. I mean, I would say the same could be said for for UPS as well. They increased their dividend fifty percent. Uh, what eighteen months ago? Is that what it I was? Think, I feel like it was about a year ago or something like I that. I think it's. I I wouldn't be surprised if you're just waiting for that conference call where they're going to lower it forty percent. This is what I much rather see. I much rather see that consistent thing where it's like, let's just raise it a handful of pennies every single year or whatever and be far more consistent. Um, this is a weird stock where I've actually bought it, sold it, bought it, sold it. Yeah. So I'm really wishy-washy on it. And uh, I still am today. If you have any questions about any of what we've talked about today or something we missed, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Two Buds Talk Stocks or on Gmail at Two Buds Talk Stocks. And occasionally we post pictures on Instagram at Two Buds Talks Talks. And if you listen to us on a platform like Apple, where you can leave a rating or review, please do so. It might help bump us up in the algorithm and get more listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening.